Welcome, welcome, welcome to Best Job Ever. I'm your host, Rich Morgan. You may know me from such companies as Blast Radius, Power Shifter, and a few other random stops that you likely won't see on my LinkedIn profile. Over the course of my career, traveling across the globe, I've met and worked with some truly remarkable people, all rich with talent and using that talent to get themselves amazing jobs with amazing companies in equally amazing places. A group I refer to as the Career All-Stars. Best Job Ever will connect you with a different all-star each and every week from a wide range of industries and brands across the globe to share their journey, their successes, and help you take that next step on your own career dream path. So grab a coffee, sit back, relax, and let's get this started. I'm very excited to chat with my latest guest today. Uh, She is a senior marketer in the tech space, has worked for some of the biggest brands in not only the world, but in China as well, including Amazon, Alibaba, and is currently the head of user growth and operations at Tencent. Please welcome Helen Yu. Hello, Helen. (laughs) Hello, Rich. Very good to be speaking with you again. It's been a decade since we worked together in Macau, right? I know it's been so long. So no, it's great, uh, great for us to <laughs> right. connect. Uh, and as as I always do, I've uh, I've been following your your career success uh, from afar, and so yeah, really <laughs> excited for us to to uh, to chat today. And um, we have a a lot to 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 get into. So I'm really excited to. Uh, to catch up on 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 everything that you've been doing, uh, and especially in terms of your um, your roles in some of the biggest tech companies uh, going today. So before we do that, though, one of the things that I, I always want to start the podcast with is for us to go back, to go way way back to where we would have first uh, met each other and first started to work with each other. So that that does take us back about 10 years ago. We both worked at a media company, which is no longer in business, but it was called <laughs> Ignite Media, which, which had an office uh, both in uh, Macau and Hong Kong, which I think back, and I think, think back very fondly, but I actually remember one of my... Uh, tasks when I first joined the company was to help build up the digital team. And so I, I can still remember receiving your CV and meeting you for the first time and knowing right away that that you were going to be a great addition to the team uh, and in working with Thank you. you. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I also knew that uh, that yeah you had you had bigger and and better things to uh, to come in your career, and I'm pleased to say that that I was right, and uh, and you've you've done that. Um, so um, before we get into career oriented questions, uh, there's something that I, I've always wanted to ask you since since we worked together, um, mm-hmm. and I've I've ne- I've never had a chance, but today is the day. Your last name, you, it's it's very unique, yep. <laughs> uh, and I've and I've all, and I've always wondered is is that short for something 
or is is that uh, that that is your last name? Just just the letter U. Yeah, well, the letter U it's indeed my full last name, and since Macau was a colony of Portugal, so um, I will t- even till now the official language is still. Portuguese as one of its official languages. So yeah, this is how the Portuguese was spell my name from the uh, Cantonese Chinese pronunciation. And uh, yeah, I would say it actually brings me a lot of uh, or some inconvenience in life. Like whenever I book a uh, flight online and then I fill in my information and always say, oh, invalid last name, minimum you have to input two characters. So yeah, and oh. I'm putting up like, <laughs> to to use as my last name and yeah a lot of sometimes it get chaos when i arrive in the airport so yeah <laughs> yeah oh funny. no that's funny I, it, and, and, you know, as i said it's, it's very very unique very cool but uh, yeah it so- sounds like uh, the the world in some places not not ready for just the one character last name but uh, um, <laughs> exactly that's, that's great I've, as i said i've, I've always yeah. always been curious and, and never had a chance to ask um <laughs> But yeah, you, you, you bring up a, 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 a really good point around uh, Macau, and that's, that is where you're from. Um, that is where we would have met, and we would have worked together in Macau. And I, I, it's interesting for me, I had never been to Macau before I started working there about 10 years ago, and, and already Macau had, had transformed from what I guess was at one point a, a smaller quieter uh, fishing village quote quote unquote and of, of course now has become the gambling mecca of of the world you're from macau you've you've seen it sort of from from where it was to where it is today um you know what what are your thoughts in terms of sort of where it is now and and is it going to continue to evolve in terms of of being a place where it's this this very focused gambling or do you do you see any sort of other um opportunities for macau yeah definitely like throughout the past decade macau has been really reliant on uh gambling casino revenue and as well as uh tourism and it enables it to become like one of the economies with top gdp per capita but then uh, for now, for example, during the COVID-19, the city is actually very fragile without like tourists going to Macau. And well, well, interestingly, because uh, Macau government still has uh, a stronger position over the casinos because it can decide like which casino can renew its gaming licenses. So uh, mm-hmm. the companies still dare not to fire any locals. For example, unemployment rate is still very low at uh, 2.3% in 2020. Uh, but then like a lot, a huge amount of expats, like previously the expats made up half of the workforce. Uh, a lot of them are gone by now. And yeah, in terms of the future and how Macau is, I would say Macau is actually, uh, uh, has a very open mindset. So um so it ha- is willing to uh, accept and try out like new technologies from both overseas and China. So yeah, in terms of the uh, industry for Macau, uh, I think it would be um, uh, still a, uh, com- a city that 
requires or relies on tourism, but then how it won't be like relying so much on uh, gambling or like the VIP, like uh, sharks or players in the casinos, mm-hmm. but whereas more like an overall tourism. And yeah, um, last um, last July, I was back after uh, half a year that I haven't been back in Macau because of uh, COVID. And then uh, I actually realized like Macau actually changed a lot. For example, one um, one of the example is the uh, digital wallet that is uh, become highly adopted. And even like my mom, my aunts, like, all of them are using it because like the government as well as some banks and tech giants from China are investing in the market and they have abundant resources. So uh, with incentives and uh, like it would be able to speed up the technical adoption. And I believe Macau would become a uh, true smart city. And with this, um, it would drive Macau's uh, tourism even better because they would understand like uh, it, it, it was willing to use like data to understand the uh, tourists that are coming to Macau and then mm-hmm. doing better products or recommending restaurants that would um, tailor to their needs. So this is what I would view Macau in the future. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. It's um, I think you get, you bring up a good point and the fact that tourism, at least maybe 10, 10 years ago, tourism seemingly was was a lot to do with with the gambling side of, of things yeah. but you're right from the standpoint of a place where it is so close to to mainland China um, but and small enough and international enough that mm-hmm. you've got this opportunity to really use it mm-hmm. for some of these for lack of a better expression te- technical trials to really kind of th- put put some some interesting and new technology, into a place where um, there there is that uh, there is a lot of people that that are going to, going to be coming through, um, but but almost again like a t- like a testing ground for uh, for for rolling things out, and I guess even even campaigns potentially to be re- to be able to roll them out there and see how they work. Um, but yeah, that's great. It's great to to to, to hear that uh, that yeah, Macau has a bright yeah. <laughs> bright future. <laughs> um, oh, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> from Macau, you have spent more or less, I guess, the last decade in mainland mm-hmm. China and 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 working. And we'll, we'll get into the amazing companies that that you have been working with. Um, you know, for instance, you know Amazon. Amazon, I believe, was was the the first company that that you would have worked for um, uh, in China. And while I trust ninety nine percent of the world is is very very familiar with Amazon and uses Amazon, mm-hmm. I'm I wouldn't be surprised if the other two companies that we want to talk about today, Alibaba and Tencent, that mm-hmm. I would still say a lot of people outside of China and and that region don't necessarily know those those brands very well would, would would you say that that's that's a fair point still yeah yeah i'll say so is there a focus on trying to broaden the reach of of some of these companies uh, outside of 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 the region since um the i would say over the past decade china has been uh growing very fast and in fact um like one of its apps uh, from Tencent called WeChat, 
it has already reached one billion daily active users in China. So you can imagine like the entire Chinese market, like before the entire internet industry has been growing because of like this uh, increase of internet users, but now it's actually um, more saturated. So all these companies are hoping to grow overseas. And uh, this is actually one of my uh, roles, uh, helping like different uh projects at Alibaba and in Tencent to uh, help their products to grow uh, abroad. And the companies itself, yeah, they are uh, either investing a lot, like for example, Tencent, literally they have invested in companies in every time zone in the world. So mm-hmm. you can yeah, play in yeah, the different games in the different um, companies all over the world that are uh, either invested or owned by Tencent. So yeah, like growing internationally and what they say it's like they are a global country like what they view the world it's or like view their product it's not just going internationally but that's point the time they build the product they think about worldwide yeah so this is what it's like look like now mm. in the two companies and a lot of other companies as well yeah yeah, I mean, you raise a good point and I think that that's that's something that I want to dig into a little bit further in terms of if you, you may not necessarily, or people may not necessarily know Alibaba or, or Tencent as, the, as these parent companies, but what is underneath those companies in terms of uh, channels and products and just such a, a massive amount of, um, of offering that it's, it's as if, especially in, in the case of Tencent, it's, it's almost as if they could have their own internet. They've got, they're so big and they've got so many different um, types of, of products and between social and digital and search, et cetera, that it's, it is just, again, I, I will, I will have you sort of, you know, walk me through it a little bit further. The, the one thing just before we get into, into that though, is, and again, I'm thinking back maybe 10 years ago or so that the, perhaps there was a bit of a stigma around some of the earlier Chinese digital and technology companies. You know, the one the one that comes to mind for me was Baidu. So Baidu was, uh, at least again, 10 years ago, it was, it was very much focused on the, the main source of, of search or search engines in China. Um, and I can remember looking at it for the first time and thinking that it looked almost identical to, to Google. Um, do you do you think that's that's a fair statement in terms of where things were and and where Chinese technology companies and products would have perhaps first tried to to mimic a little bit of of what was being done sort of elsewhere in the world, but has has that changed drastically? Do you think as well in terms of these companies and the products that they 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 roll out? Are they very now much more distinct versus just being uh, the, the Chinese version of, of some of these other um, international products? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say um, some products in China or a lot of them started off uh, being a mimic of uh, products making uh, being um started in Silicon Valley, for example. And yeah, like throughout the years, a lot of them failed. And for those who survived, I would say um, they evolved very differently in order to beat 
Chinese needs and monetization. I'll give some example here. So uh, the pioneering product of uh, Tencent is called QQ. And initially it got its idea from ICQ. And that I used a lot during my teenage. <laughs> and yeah. it continued to grow because uh, of its capability to monetize. Like now we don't have ICQ anymore, but yeah, QQ is still exists after 20 years. And um, well, how how it was monetizing, it's through uh, for like a digital goods, the payment of digital goods from users, which is actually a virtual skin for your avatar. You can't imagine like how Chinese would be crazy by like having like their own and unique skin for their avatar. But yeah, this is how it is in China because they want to be unique and different. There's a phrase called mianzi, you have like face that you, you are like different than the others. So so this is things that people are willing to pay for in China. So yeah, this innovation helped them to monetize and gain huge cash flow and uh, to fuel a company to grow like their whole product lines. Another company I would want to highlight is called uh, ByteDance. It's actually mm -hmm. the mother company of TikTok, which I believe like, right. yeah, you all, all also know about it. Yeah, now it's like the top of like all app downloads in Android and iOS for a lot of countries. And um, in 2020, its accumulated number of downloads already surpassed Facebook, uh, despite what happened in the US or in China is blocked. But still, it's like growing very fast. So yeah, I would say the product innovation for this company is uh, top notch. So for example, uh, it's um, founder uh, Zhang Yimil uh, thinks that like the whole world is composed of the movement of people, which is like traveling and the movement of products, the logistics. And then the third point is information flow. So he decided to be the market leader, leader for uh, information flow. So mm -hmm. um, the way he would uh, identify product opportunities, it's um, well um, drawing up to access. Uh, the horizontal is uh, being the uh, different target user groups like male, female, demographics, age group, and the, the vertical axis is like different products along all this information flow. For example, news feed, like the news app would be a product the short video and long video. So yeah, once it has this product in, in mind and, and he realized like the, from the data, like short video would really boom because he realized how users, like even though they are reading news feed, but then their engagement with like video was a lot more than news. So this way he decided to uh, double down, like all in for like short video. So he created like three different apps in China and mm -hmm. they scale it at lightning speed. Yeah, no, abs absolutely. As you say, TikTok has, has just been huge across the world over the last couple of years. Um, and how that is a, a really good example of where it was very much a, a Chinese based tech company that, that was leading the way to to roll this out to, to roll something out that is is very much international at this point yeah well china is different it's uh from compared to for example um silicon valley is um it has this benefit in for example venture capital as well and also human resources in terms of like people who can work in the technology and at the same time um like the speed 
or people's willingness to work like overtime to achieve their goals. So whenever there's like traction for like new product, people can can try it very quickly. Whereas for example, in um, the US, they can still do it, but then they might not be able to do like so many products uh, concurrently and to test out like which really worked. So China has a lot of opportunity as well as advantages in this sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To, I guess, to, to get us a little bit into the, some of the places where you have worked. So, you know, Alibaba, mm-hmm. um, massive company, but as I said earlier, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if some of the people listening to this podcast uh, perhaps don't really know it that well or at all. Could you? It's mm-hmm. maybe hard hard to summarize it in you know in a couple of minutes. But is is <laughs> would you be would you be able to to share a few details in terms of I guess both Alibaba and and what uh, what your focus was at the company? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Alibaba is the uh, first company in China that reached a hundred billion US dollar in uh, market value. So yeah, its company mission it's to make it easy to be, to do business anywhere. And I would say it's a company with a uh, strong determination. So yeah, uh, where I've worked at, at Alibaba uh, involves the, um, um, the advertising platform called Alimama, and then uh, at Alibaba Cloud, and then another team which is doing um, different products like shop video apps as well as like, uh, browser apps, video apps for the Indian market. So uh, these are okay. um, the different products that I've worked on while I'm at Alibaba. But I would say um, the most well-known would be Taobao, for example, the e-commerce platform. And this platform, mm. they didn't, they haven't owned any single product. But then uh, what it is, is really to build an ecosystem um, that would be able to enable like every single seller that wants to sell on the platform. I think it's fair to say that there are some similarities potentially in terms of Alibaba and uh, Taobao and Amazon potentially, but I would go out on a limb to say that the the story behind each and why each was created uh, would be very different. Very cool. So you, and I know that you at, at Alibaba, you, you held a few different roles. You actually relocated a few times uh, within China for, for, for Alibaba. Um, you then have moved on to your next big tech giant of, of Tencent. And before we, we, we get into that, because that's obviously where you, you work now, I'm curious, um, with you know, with any move from one company to the next, was was there something that that was driving you in terms of wanting a change, or was there something that was you know very specifically appealing about uh, Tencent to 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 move on from Alibaba? Yeah, so um, the main reason it's uh, family reasons, but then um, like two companies are actually different. Alibaba is uh, linking product to users and then Tencent it's the linking of users and users so the way that the companies are structured and how they're both giants in China um, yeah this really makes me really interested 
You had alluded to it earlier, and I, it's, oddly enough, I read something yesterday in the Wall Street Journal about Tencent. And so, but I'll, I'll let you, as you did with Alibaba, I'll let you, let you uh, give us a little bit of a summary in terms of Tencent. But again, it is it is not only described in, in the Wall Street Journal article as an empire, but it's also an investment powerhouse. So it currently has a market cap, cap of $900 billion dollars. So it's now currently China's most valuable company. And not only do they have this huge range of products and services, which I'd, I'd love to hear from, from you a little bit more on, but they've also been investing. I think you said this earlier, they've been investing in companies, not only I think in the region, but, but internationally as well too. So they have become just this mega, mega giant of a company uh, and what they do at their core, but also this investing in, in other perhaps more um, you know, tech technology businesses. And yet I still wouldn't be surprised if there are people listening that that just really don't know that much about Tencent. So um, I'd love to yeah, hear hear your kind of overview of, of Tencent, but then I really want to also dig into uh, to what you're doing there as well too as, as head of growth and operations. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll start off with um, one of his product called WeChat because within uh, the Tencent ecosystem, a lot of uh, different products are actually uh, relying or like um, leveraging the huge amount of user base from WeChat. So yeah, WeChat started off with functionality like WhatsApp, which is simply an instant messenger. But then eventually, uh, it's adding a lot of new features like newsfeed and payment, shopping, uh, transferring of money, location sharing, utilities, and you book a taxi or movie tickets, and even now like short videos. So yeah, it's a super app now, and and what makes it so huge is. It's more like an open platform rather than it's building all its own products. For example, they have the uh, mini program that uh, merchants can launch their store on it and then users can complete the end-to-end -end transactions. So yeah, what I would say is how it it's so smart and becoming so huge is ability to create the openness for developers and all the merchants to be on it and they uh, benefit like the different merchants they can benefit from the traffic from WeChat and at the same time WeChat grows so much bigger without like having tons of people working on it but yeah the whole economy of China shops they're building and making this app better yeah it's it, it's it's quite incredible because uh, again, I, I know WhatsApp perhaps better than I do WeChat, but e any comparison between the two would, would be doing WeChat an injustice, I suppose, because where WhatsApp has evolved a little bit from, from just being this peer-to-peer -peer messaging app, WeChat is just above and beyond in terms of what, what it can be used for. I think there's actually also a peer-to-peer a, a uh, video game or gaming uh, potential within WeChat right. as well too. Yeah, which is which is which is amazing. And and I think 
from 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 that in terms of video games too one of the other things i read about tencent is that it's actually the world's largest video game company by by revenue which completely shocked me i i had no idea i knew that i knew that obviously video games were were a part of tencent but i just didn't understand the the magnitude of that am, am i right in saying that your so you you as as head of operations or head of head of growth and operations, your focus is primarily on the the gaming division. Uh, yeah, I'm responsible for one of the uh, PC gaming platform, and uh, this platform is actually a uh, emulator, so uh, users can play mobile games on PC for free. So this is how the uh, product is and it's built for both uh, Chinese and overseas market. So yeah, my main responsibility is um, from end-to-end user growth. So from uh, acquisition, finding the best channels to acquire users and how to uh, um, acquire them at the most adequate scenario and to retain them and to spend more on the platform. And over this, we do a lot of um, experiments and automation to improve the overall efficiency for the uh, growth. So, yeah, this is uh, basically what I do for my current role at Tencent. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the, the mm-hmm. team that you're working with, I can only imagine it's, mm-hmm. it's quite a big team that uh, that you have in terms of this specific division. Oh, actually... Not because of the uh, fact that, well, all these teams that I have worked with, uh, you would imagine being a big team because of the uh, revenue is generating of the or the users on the platform. But on the other hand, like a lot of these teams are actually, um, for example, the growth team, we have less than 10 people, but then we do a whole bunch of things. But on the other hand, we have like outsourced and uh, contractors working along with us. And then uh, things we do are very wide, but then with the, um, as I said, automation, that we can make a lot of things automated without involving a lot of uh, human resources in it would be a reason why like all these bigs won't be like really huge. As I said before, you know, Tencent is this amazing company, and and I know that you're, f- you're still fairly new there. Um, but in terms of the the growth potential of not only what you're doing, but I think what excites me about a company like Tencent is that yes, there are these just these these endless opportunities with hundreds of different products and the ability to um, to potentially, you know almost pick and choose at some point to to um, to try something else or to sort of you know extend your career um, you know it sounds like you're mm-hmm. you're quite happy in in the gaming side of things <laughs> is is there is there an aspect or a product within Tencent that you think would be maybe your your next sort of stepping stone um well there are industries that I'm more passionate with, for example, the education industry. This is something that uh, I would always want to use uh, my skill set to uh, innovate with um, using the uh, technology, for example, like 
AI, machine learning, how to use technology to help uh, students learn and how to um, re reduce the workload of teachers so that these teachers would be able to care more for the students about their attitude or like their emotions. Yeah, this is something that, that I would really want to do in the long run in the future. Yeah, so mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah, Tencent, uh, they have actually some, some yeah, socially responsible uh, departments. So pos possibly this could be something that I would look for in the long run. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's, that's, that's interesting for me. And I think a lot of people as well to consider that as when you're looking for a new company that you potentially want to work for, either you're going in with the mindset that no, they, you know, this company produces one or, you know, very few products or services, but I, but I love that. I'm very passionate about that. So great. I'm, I'm going to go there mm -hmm. and be very happy at the same time, the, the 10 cents, the Amazons, the, these other big tech companies, the the reach i guess the or the 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 breadth of what they offer kind of like you know my background is is in advertising so so more from the variety aspect of what you can do at an advertising agency these big companies do perhaps lend themselves naturally to say great you start over here in, in one division or one product but there's mm -hmm. so many more out there. Um, so that's, again, I, I, I know it's, as I said before, still early-ish in your, your time at Tencent, but uh, I know you're, you're in a very, very good place. Um, and there's obviously going to be rich <laughs> with, with opportunity. From, um, this is a, this is a might, might be a tough question to answer, but you've, as I said, when, when we worked together, you, you, you were impressing me 10 years ago with your, with your digital <laughs> skills and, and, and uh, knowledge. You've, you've done so well for yourself over the last 10 years. Is there something from, from a, you know, something that's either driven you or something that you have found has, has helped you to achieve and to be successful? Um, whether that's just keeping yourself educated or um, have you learned something along the way that, that has helped to propel you to, to where you are today? Um, yeah, I would like to share uh, three points on this. So first of all, really being able to make the right choice. And I'm lucky along with this being in um, the internet industry is a growing industry and also the time that we started digital marketing is quite early in the market and also I'm like working a lot for the overseas market so overall all this uh, combination of um, my skill set as well as, well as experience uh, inside the market there's a higher demand for this um, um, this talents than the supply in general so yeah well overall I, I would say uh, this is uh, one of the uh, reasons for me to be able to be part of this big great companies and mm -hmm. yeah and this uh, second point I would say is not just to think about like the role that I'm working in but then more about the uh, entire system or like how the team or the product 
works in this system and what should be done to drive a positive feedback loop and yeah, what should be the metrics to measure it. And yeah, the, the third part is really well, within the internet industry is really like being willing and uh, being able to learn and uh, humble to and open to talk to a lot of people. Because I've been, although uh, working in digital marketing, but then I have been switching in like different types of industries like the advertising, cloud computing, and then like entertainment as well as now it's gaming. So yeah, being humble mm-hmm. to learn and talk to people really helps me. And because now things I do every day, even till now are new. And a lot of these ideas really came from talking to people and being open to share my ideas before presenting and they would share the ideas at the same time so so yeah this sharing of knowledge really benefits me and and the team in general so i would say yeah these are some of the factors that i would like to share <laughs> and hopefully yeah along the way i would being be able to grow further <laughs> that's great no i i love that and and i i think <laughs> be being humble is one of the things that i i took away from that i think it's 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 a great point the fact that yourself and, and and myself as well too I mean we've we, you know we're not we're not new to, to 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 working we've been around for 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 some time but as you say you you can have that experience you can have that that seniority however when you do move into something new you potentially are having to to, to learn a lot of things from from scratch so to still be strong a strong leader and and to have a vision and to be able to lead a team but to also recognize that there's probably a people on your team or other people in in the organization that have a lot to share and perhaps know even more than than you or I do about something so to to really be collaborative and to uh to i guess look at, at all stakeholders within a business. And of course, from, from a customer standpoint too, to just to be very open um, is, is I'm, I'm totally in agreement with, uh, with, with that. Uh, and, and how, how you have, of course, you know, le- leverage that to, 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 to get to where you are today, which is, which is awesome. The, if, I think for anyone listening today and I've, like yourself, I've I've had the the benefit of being able to to travel and to work in, in different places in the world. I know that China is is quite international, of course, especially in in some of the tier one cities. Um, would you mm-hmm. say for 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 those that are very interested and and have um, have some some ambitions to work in China? Is it is it fairly straightforward? And I'm thinking more from the standpoint of again, as an expat coming in, um, the the language barrier potentially, uh, visas, those sorts of things. Do you do you have uh, uh, you know any insight in terms of how that experience might be for for someone coming from anywhere else in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually uh, got a few um, expats. Uh, foreigners that are uh, working in my team and currently in my team there's a uh, Brazilian where we're very close friends with and he shared with me uh, some of his insights regarding this topic and yeah for example like 
people who are coming to China, for example, just finding jobs to teach English would be uh, relatively easy. But then um, getting into the internet industry, um, well, these companies, they all need like people with uh, foreign skill sets. But then, for example, uh, not knowing the language um, would be a little bit, uh, the Chinese language would be a little bit challenging. For example, um, even though um, the teammates are very willing to help, but then with Chinese internet companies growing and scaling in this lightning speed, I would say, mm. yeah, it's quite, com it's not easy for for us or the team managers to take care for like foreign employees that might not be able to learn, know the language uh, fluently because yeah, things are moving so fast. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, if people would love to come to China for being in this in, uh, internet industry, then yeah, probably learning at least some basic Chinese would help or like uh, being in the um, international branch of uh, this company uh, internationally and then a relocation could be an option so that like people have a sense of feeling and, and know these people before coming relocating to China mm -hmm. um, yeah and then yeah in terms of visa it's also quite complicated so um, for example you have to earn like different sets of points with your uh, credentials or like the level of work you're doing. So it's actually um, not very easy for people to come to China in terms of visa. But I would see see this uh, being more open because Chinese in China, they would, they are becoming more and more open to have like international expats coming in. And right. yeah, so... Yeah. I would say, yeah, the country is open and people are very welcoming uh, international employees, but then there's still some things that you would like to learn so it would make your life easier in here. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that's great. A really, really good insight. Um, and I think it's similar to, to what we talked about just before in terms of being humble and always having that interest to, to learn and be curious because... I think my, my, my um, thinking back to when, when I moved to Hong Kong, somewhat similar in terms of, you know, there was a bit of a language barrier, although everybody speaks such amazing English, but I think culturally and working in, in a different culture and language is just, I think just understanding a little bit more as, as much as you can. So certainly if you can speak some of the language, fantastic, but just understanding the, um, I guess, just different ways that, that, that business is done, that meetings are potentially done a little bit differently. And I think as long as you understand that and, and embrace that, then you can, you can get over perhaps some of the language you know, barriers, if you will, um, but my my experience was was amazing and just so much fun and and I you know I say that to anybody in terms of whether it's China or Hong Kong or somewhere else in the world to to put yourself out there and to I guess to to be humble enough to potentially have to start almost from scratch to to an extent is uh, is a very rewarding process and so again I think you 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 like 
like me, we've uh, we've we've been able to do that, which is which is great. So, do you see yourself being in in Asia anytime in the future? It's a it's a great it's a it's a great question. I. I I miss Hong Kong. It was such a great time. We were only there for for two years, and mm-hmm. I think, like anything, to to try to go back and replicate what we had might might be a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. But we've we've been back to visit a few times, and it's you know just it's just oh, okay. still such a su- such a lovely place that. Um, very much would be open to it. If it, I don't, I don't know what necessarily the the future will bring in terms of the next five to ten years, but mm-hmm. absolutely, I think I think Hong Kong for me was that eye opening moment of going somewhere mm-hmm. that I had never been before, and having to understand and and learn a little bit in terms of again culture and language and those sorts of things. But after two years, loved it and and just couldn't wait to go back after after we did leave. So mm-hmm. it's it's something absolutely. If if the opportunity was to arise, then we, we, I think I would be back in a heartbeat. This 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 has been so great, Helen. Uh, I do have a couple more questions, and then we'll we can wrap things up. Uh, you so just I think focusing still in terms of the traveling. You've been around the world. You've studied and you've worked in in different places uh, across the globe. You mm-hmm. speak five five languages, I believe, or have you added to that? <laughs> oh, more or less five languages. Yeah, which is incredible. So I I have a, a segment which I call random richness, which isn't really about your career by any means. It's, it's just a, it's a question that I'm interested just to hear your, your thoughts on. So, because again, you're so well-traveled, you speak so many different languages. If you had the chance to either relocate or if you could uh, work remotely from somewhere, anywhere in the world, is there, is there a certain place in the world that comes to mind to say, yeah, I, I could see yourself and your family Going there and 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 living somewhere else, or or is that still China for you? Well, um, I would say initially when I came to China, I've never thought that yeah I would be staying in China for for so many years, being a citizen for Macau because in Macau is a place where the value for money, like the time you spend at work, <laughs> the money you get is actually yeah very good value for money actually. But yeah, in in China, it's a place that you you meet uh great people, and being in a top tier city, it's really a chance for me to, uh, expand my eyesight and create a lot of innovative ideas. So one of the factors I would think, at least for for the uh, I would consider at least for the um next ten years would be in cities that I can be. Uh, meeting with this uh, innovative people so I can grow with them myself and yeah resources are not just distributed fairly like all over the world but being in some of the cities that are growing fast would help me and even my daughters yeah and my family could learn much much more and be inspired so yeah so China would be a place that that I would consider but then um yeah, I have I myself has been uh 
uh, staying in uh, Japan, for example, for for half a year. Japan is a place which is like wonderful, like being different in all seasons, very nice scenes in the uh, country and in the city. You can experience a lot. So, for example, Japan would be a place. Maybe in the long run, it could be uh, nice to be there couple of months per year so yeah this is <laughs> what i would consider at the moment nice that's perfect no i i i, I too uh, really enjoyed the, the times that we've spent in japan and i think from japan uh-huh. yeah you're still very close to china you're still very close to macau so i would say that's a, that mm-hmm. a, a, a very good choice Amazing, Helen. Uh, again, I want to thank you for, for your time today. Um, the very, very final question. So as my podcast continues to grow, mm-hmm. I, I would love to keep connecting with not only people that I know, but connecting with sort of a wider network, people that, that I haven't necessarily met before. Is there anyone else that, that you think has the best job ever? Um, how about the uh, Brazilian that I just mentioned about, that he has been uh, working in China for uh, almost 10 years as well. So he has been in Beijing and in, in um, uh, Shenzhen right now. And he himself uh, learned Chinese uh, a little bit for only for a few months, but now he speaks fluent Chinese. So oh, wow. yeah. Okay. Uh, Perhaps, yeah, perhaps he can also share like more experience, like how he feels about and what is his experience being in China. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, always, it's always interesting to hear about other expats' uh, success in, in, in different markets. Thank you so much, Helen. I really appreciate your time today. Uh, it was amazing for us to be able to, to catch up and I wish you uh, continued success and I can't wait for for the next time that we chat to to hear even more about uh, some of the incredible things that you've done well thank you I, I really appreciate your invitation and yeah very nice catch up and chat and yeah hope your su- hope success for your podcast moving forward thanks Ellen appreciate it <laughs> <laughs>